0: Welcome to the Further Light Podcast Brought to you and presented by Wisconsin Freemasonry Helping you accomplish your Masonic goals Through education and more light And now, I introduce to you Brother Chris Ludkey.
1: This is Brother Chris Ludke, And today, I want to explore music harmony. Long ago, there lived a people who believed the world was literally made of music. Above them, the skies sang, and within them, melody knit their marrow to their souls. So, hearing harmony in both the world without and the world within, they created their own music to echo it. Through the art of composition, they transposed intangible universal laws into realities grasped by human senses. These people were the medievals, and they believed in the harmony of the spheres, a cosmology or belief system that for them had the same explanatory power that the solar system does for us today. My goal here is to teach you what music is, why it became a liberal art, and how it applies to modern masons far removed from the medieval music of the spheres. So, let's start at the beginning. What is music? According to William Preston, music teaches the art of forming concords, or agreements, so as to compose delightful harmony by a proportional arrangement of acute, grave, and mixed sounds. This art by a series of experiments is reduced to a science with respect to tones and the intervals of sound only. It inquires into the nature of concords and discords and enables us to find out proportion between them by numbers, again, gang back to mathematics. So, what is music in simpler terms? Music, at the end of the day, today, is a combination of sound and silence in some organized fashion. Let's explain it with an example. Radio noise emits sound, but it's not organized and therefore not classified as music. This definition seems rather simple and complete, but defining music is not that obvious. Can we classify a car alarm as music? It makes sound and silence in organized fashion, but most people probably wouldn't see that as musical. In a similar, more comprehensive way, Music is composed of melody, harmony, and rhythm. What is melody? Melody is the main voice of sound. It's what can be sung or played. Harmony is the overlapping of notes that serve as a basis for the melody. For example, a person playing the guitar and singing is harmonizing with the chords on the guitar and making melody with the voice each chord is an overlap of several notes. As we will see later in other topics, that is why chords are part of harmony. What is rhythm? Rhythm is the timing of a song. Just like a clock tells the time, the rhythm tells us how to keep up with the music. Each of these three matters needs to be dealt with separately in-depth knowledge allows unlimited manipulation of all the resources that music provides and that is what makes sound and silence so interesting to our ears let's get into a little bit of history and of course it starts with pythagoras it always starts with pythagoras and the greeks pythagoras proposed that our celestial bodies had a distinct hum to them based on their orbit while no surviving work by Pythagoras exists, we know that he conceived of the harmony of rational numbers. Based on this harmony, he extrapolated that the sun, moon, planets, and earth all produced a vibration that may not be heard by human ears, yet, for all intents and purposes, it did produce a sound. Plato would take this further, combining music and astronomy as different methods by which to conceive, with human senses, the ideas of numbers. Other philosophers took up the idea, including Pliny the Elder, referencing Pythagoras, as well as Aristotle. Aristotle did not believe the music was audible to the human ear. His rationale was that the bodies in question were so great— that if they did make a sound, we would surely hear it and probably die from it. These ideas, especially between mathematics, astronomy, and music, were so great and consistent that they eventually made their way into the classical lessons of the quadrivium and the seven liberal arts, where the concept of the music of the spheres would be taught. Now, this idea is going to be codified by both theses, in his De Institution Musica, around the year 500, this cosmology classed music into three different kinds. There's musica mundana, the musical made excuse me, the music made by the rotations of the heavenly bodies, concentric spheres. Music humana, the harmony is holding together man's body and spirit, and finally musica instrumenta the music made by man in imitation of the former two. Bothius affirmed that the first two kinds of music, though real, were inaudible to humans, but their laws of proportion and harmony could be deduced through the careful study of creation, and that these laws then formed the basis of medieval music theory, allowing the heavenly music to be transposed for human ears. If you've ever been puzzled about why music belongs in the quadrivium with the maths and sciences rather than the trivium with the arts of expression, then here's your answer. For the medieval, music was emphatically not a means of self-expression. Rather, they believed the world to be quite literally composed of music. Medieval educators included music among the four disciplines devoted to understanding rather than communicating truth. Medieval minds understood and studied the world and themselves as part of it through music. Only rarely do people arrive at correct ideas by incorrect means, yet it does happen. And it seems that the medieval music theorists, their very wrong idea about cosmology, led them to a very right intuition about musicology. For although the harmony of the spheres does not exist as they conceived it, yet its principle is true, Music incarnates fundamental properties of the world. The intricate relationship between math and music, the parallels between musical and literary structures, the metaphor or metaphors music provides for theology and other such correlations hint that beneath all lies a deep reality shared in common, beckoning further explanation. History has taken us far from the medieval mindset. Between us intervening the en- and intervening the Enlightenment thinkers who began to separate the disciplines of science and music to them, these were not complementary ways of studying similar truth, but different disciplines, addressing different subjects by different methods. Then the Romantic artists divorced music from the external world, And would use it to express personal emotions in the 19th century rather than to portray the ordered cosmos. So how does this apply today, especially in a world where we cut music programs through education on a regular basis? Well, we as moderns have inherited this fragmented, self-referential understanding of music. By default, we consider art as a form of self-expression, thus favoring abstract painting and poetry built on private imagery. We segregate fine art from common appreciation. And we use music as a soundtrack for our lives, without seriously considering that it shapes our lives, that it forms our emotions as much as it expresses them. We class music as an extracurricular activity in the schools, rather than core curriculum approach to studying the world. But medieval musicologists and the classical tradition summon us to recover something of the idea of the music mundana. To regain the sense that music can express the world as well as the self, transient as well as, well, true realities, and that through it we may pursue and understand truth. What precisely and practically this means... Must yet be discovered. Contemplating the harmony of the spheres was will not recreate a world so beautifully harmonized as the medieval's was. But perhaps it will reveal that our own world is not so atonal, so dissonant, as we listen carelessly, as we who listen carelessly believe. The world sings yet, day unto day, still utters speech and night. Unto night reveals knowledge. So, how does this relate to masonry? The study of music has several goals. One of them is to improve, through education, students' aesthetic taste, to introduce them to truly great music in an effort to beget a love for all things graceful and well-formed. Music, as I previously noted, is one of the traditional liberal arts. It liberates us from vulgarity, intellectual rigidity, and tyranny of unexamined popular opinions about music and beauty. Music does this by encouraging human fellowship in the form of singing, by inspiring a love of beauty that transcends the mere gratification of desire, by making us more attentive to the elements and causes of our emotional response to beauty, and by compelling us to test conventional opinion against the standard of our own experience. Music, alas, is the neglected muse of educational programs across the board from kindergarten to college. One reason for this is a failure to perceive the importance of music in the education of the young and in human life in general. Another is a tendency to regard music as a soft subject, there for the sake of amusement or a vague sort of music appreciation. Yet another is the opinion that music is not Basic to our human nature, but is prerogative of a trained and gifted elite, something that only those with potential to be professional musicians need study. I have endeavored to show that none of this is true. Masonically, music not only reminds us of a binding force in the universe, but of concord and harmony. If a choir, as a metaphor for the lodge, is made up of 10 amazing singers without direction, well, the result will be chaos. If that choir follows their conductor and works together, they can create beautiful harmony. In the case of music, there are both practical and metaphorical lessons to be learned. So, where does this leave us? Music takes the abstract of mathematics and makes it tangible, while teaching a general appreciation for the arts. If studied as a liberal art, in other words in order for the student to become more inquisitive and reflective and more aware of music's power, rather than, as a fine art, in order for the student to become a musician, music gets students to look beyond surface distinctions in order to seek out deep, underlying harmonies or bonds between things that are apparently remote. In the breadth of its dominion in its union of the mathematical and the poetic, And in its involvement of the whole being, body, heart, and mind, music is essentially a liberating art. Here we are drawing the hard sciences together with fine arts, and it creates a great metaphor for the well-balanced man, someone who understands both the logical, the mathematics, the sciences, as well as culture and beauty. For many of us today, music is that jumping-off point. It is the one point where we can all begin to look at aesthetics and understand them. It may be the most democratized form of art. And when the seven liberal arts were being put together, it was seen as the one unifying force in the universe. For us, its metaphors, its study, can be Another unifying force, another framework through which we can look at creation and look at the world around us. It reminds us to be well-rounded men, both in the arts and in the sciences.
0: Are you interested in learning more about Freemasonry in Wisconsin? Visit WisconsinMasons.org. That's W I Masons.org to learn more about Masonry and access further educational content and further lighten Masonry. Thank you for listening.